The sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Malabika Das is from the United States, but she is originally from Nepal. She is in Taiwan because of her husband's job, and she absolutely loves Taiwan. She is a woman who wears many hats too while here. In the last episode, she talked about her role as an integrative social worker, um, a trauma and wellness specialist, and an assistant professor in social work and general education at the top university of Taiwan. That's the National Taiwan University. Today, we're going to start off with a little bit more about her role as social worker, and then the things that she loves about Taiwan. Well, I almost like I don't know the difference between a social worker and a psychiatrist. Well, you know, surely well, I yes think no. you're you're in the majority of people. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting because um, the so you have these levels or different aspects of mental health workers. So you could you could have a clinical social worker doing mental health work. In fact, in fact, in the U.S., um, a very good majority. I think it was at at one point seventy percent of mental health workers were actually clinical social workers. But I don't know if that statistic is currently true, but that was, you know, at least 10, 10 12 years ago. Oh, wait a minute. <clears throat> clinical worker versus social Clinical worker. social worker versus social worker, there's a difference. Because yeah. a clinical social worker will go on to do a little bit of a different specialty that is more psychology and psychosocial focused. Oh. Yes. And this Whereas, is where that bridge okay. into psychology happens. Okay. So now you have also within psychology, you have counseling psychologists. You have um, positive psychologists. Mm. And so actually what's really wonderful about positive psychology is there's so much we can take from that field in terms of um, informing our own self-development and wellness. And so in my class at NTU, I actually take from positive psychology as well as social work and I br and as well as yoga and mindfulness. And, and I bridge and integrate this into one long course where they have subtopics that they're specifically focusing on for four weeks. And we'll wow. go into that topic a little bit deeper through the different components. Mm. So there's definitely a good mix of positive psychology that's coming through there. And then a psychiatrist, of course, is definitely a mental health worker, and they're able to provide medications and, and okay. things right. like that. So um, Medication. Often, um, you know, I, I don't know how psychiatrists are trained currently, but one of the big differences is that... Um, Back in the day, and, and maybe still currently, there is a medical model approach that often 
um, you know, of course, doctors and medical workers might come from, whereas they're looking at it's more disease focused, Mm -hmm. you know, so, okay, well, let me look at your, oh, you have depression. Okay, let's look at that. And let's really dissect it and go into that and see if we can alleviate it. Mm. Whereas um, a little bit of a different approach would be um, is not uh, it's coming again from that strengths based perspective Mm -hmm. and looking at um, not, you know, treating the person as a disease, but actually as a person and, and that, okay, you have some of these problems, fine, but you also have these strengths. And so this is really kind of using what we call the biopsychosocial and, and even one more thing, the spiritual approach. Okay. So if you add that word spiritual into that mix, um, you add this element that, well, you know, balanced health isn't just about having a strong body it's not just about having a strong mind but it's also about having this aspect of spirit which Mm. is our really our essence you know we can call it different things but you know our essence our chi our soul our what motivates us what inspires us as Mm. humans we need this in our life because these are the things that kind of keep us going Mm, right that's true so you know i'm curious what 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 do you give as a final exam for your students at this ntu course i give them this was a tough one because i don't give an exam but i do i i start i'm going to change up my my grading system a little bit coming for the fall and the spring um but basically it was a lot to grade because i had over 100 students so uh-huh. it was uh um, you mean to have to write reports well they were writing weekly they were writing weekly wellness logs oh, so it's okay. a quite an active course yeah. and and there's you know there's a good amount to do you know self-development is not easy surely so <laughs> you know there you got to do some work okay. and so they're exploring Exploring week to week uh, different techniques or different practices. And so it was definitely quite a lot to take on, especially being that this was my first time doing this course. So a lot for me to learn mm-hmm. and um, especially around logistics. So I, I've learned, I'm taking that and I'm going to kind of do a little bit of a different grading uh, system. But for the most part, a final would look like because uh, they've already built every week, they're submitting something. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of, that is a bulk of their of their grade. Mm. But uh, one of the things they had to do for their final um, presentation to the group, which is can be quite intimidating for a student, is that they have to stand up in front of the, the class and become a wellness ambassador for a technique or a concept that they really resonated with through the class. Oh. So they have to say a three to four minute spiel of, you know, why this concept would be good. I said, you know, Talk in to, English. In English, you know, <laughs> and tell someone why, you know, like a lay person who would not know anything about this topic, for example, gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, why oh. is gratitude, uh, why would that be impactful for you? And you would be telling someone, you know, pretend like you, they have no idea about it. Yeah. And and why that would be impactful and bring in bring in some resources if you can, bring in you know, cite, cite a few things, you know, maybe talk about your personal experience. So they had a chance to kind of bring that together um, and then as well as write a very short kind of final, you know, tell me about your experience in uh-huh. the course. So it was like a combination of those two. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lynn.
Well, okay, you love Taiwan so much that you <laughs> want to stay on. I mean, what things、Ooh. that you think you really appreciate about Taiwan? Appreciate about oh, Taiwan? Oh my goodness! Well, I already mentioned the energy, right? So we got the energy down. Yes, yes. Okay, we got the people down, right? The friendliness, or or、um, maybe the first impression you have of Taiwan,、mm. you know, after you like settled here for a while or something like that.、Yeah. Like、something you realized or something. I don't know. I realized that it it was just. So、uh, simple and easy, but at the same time profound to live in a way that was just accessible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just you know, every, th- there's no convenience. Yeah, you know, you know. For example, I, you know, I have my electric bike and I ride that around my neighborhood.、Oh. I don't need a car here,、mm-hmm. and I take my daughter to school on the bike. You know, these are really for me. It's like a privilege to do that. I don't know any other city I'd be able to do that in.、Uh-huh. First of all,、um, especially a big city. You know, yeah. An urban, quite an urban.、City. How long a ride to get it, your daughter it, to school? Only seven minutes.、Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's with okay. That's with also like weaving through traffic a little bit, but like you know,、yeah. but being careful, of course.、Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like just I think、um, I don't know. It's just the ability, I guess, to do all the things that I love,、mm-hmm. and and really kind of access、um, people, access nature,、uh, just have everything so just right there at your doorstep yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was also this kind of—it's、um, like an opportunity.、Mm. You know, it's an opportunity to grow. And I really feel—I don't know—for me personally. I don't like to compare. So you know, <laughs> having lived in Singapore and Hong Kong, okay, I don't like to compare Taiwan because it's so, it's so different. But there's things that I just feel like I'm able to do and be here that feel so natural and so right.、Mm. Um, but of course, the other places also had their value.、Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had asked me before I moved to Taiwan, you know, what's your favorite city? In, you know, in Asia, one of them was Hong Kong for sure.、Mm-hmm. You know, I love Hong Kong. Yeah, but、um, but being a busy woman, you are. Do you have time、yeah. for all that? Like you know, getting、yeah. out of the city.、Yeah. I mean, yes, we have easy access. You know, I'm picturing that during the week.、Mm. You know, you're busy with your classes、mm. and all these different roles that you have, and、mm. and、um, yeah, work that you do. And then maybe on the weekends, you do take some time off and. I mean, do you have time for that? I, 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 you make time for it, right? We make time for it. Yeah, yeah. And Looking at knowing you, you would make time for it. Yes. Well, one of my passions, surely, is to explore and travel.、So、oh yeah. I think that's been, and I also have a husband who loves to do the same. Oh,、so、that that helps. It, it's 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 great because he's also like. He's a good planner, and he <laughs> kind of knows what's、great. going on, and he loves to take that role as well, which is good.、Well, yeah, you make yeah. time for family.、Yeah. Um, how's your Chinese? I was <laughs> I was gonna say my classic line, but I realized I'm, I'm on a radio station right now. Like, I'm not gonna do it, but、um, it's okay. It's okay. I have a few lines that I can break out, and、okay. and I get by, and、yeah. um, you know, I can order things at a restaurant. I can get my way, get myself home in a taxi.、Oh, okay. Okay. Good.、Um, I just can't go deeper than the surface conversational. Right. Right. So I wish I could. And I actually had a, I had a tutor here the first two years, and it was so helpful. And her name was Peng Laoshi. 
Uh-huh. And what I loved about her name is Peng also means like, um, you know, your girlfriend, like Peng, Peng oh, Yo. Peng Yo, Peng Yo. Friend. Yeah. yeah friend, right. So I would always say like Peng Lao is my Peng Yo. <laughs> <laughs> She's my Lao and my Peng Yo. And she was amazing because we would just, you know, have conversations and she would, you know, do her tutoring. But I'd also learn a little bit about, oh, why, why does, you know, why does this area of the map, what does this mean? And what is, you know, because if you actually look, what was so interesting of even looking at an MRT map, that there are, you know, different parts of the central part of, you know, Taipei that there's reasons why they're named certain things where there's, you know, the gates, for example, or, you know, the historical areas around Chiang Kai-shek, or, you know, there's just, there's all this historical information. And so I guess for me, I probably wouldn't know that unless I had someone who I could actually chat about that with and yeah. who would tell me about that. So oh, good. um so she was she was really great and then she left. Uh, <laughs> so left, now, like left the country? No, no, she's uh, here but she just okay. got really busy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um I you, kinda you like still fine. I'm stuck with yeah. what I know, which is which is okay. It gets me by. Well, um, the reason why I ask how Chinese is because you say you're an explorer. Yes. And I think, wow, if you're getting around trying to explore Taiwan, I mean, how do you... Well, even like show the Indian the end on one. Okay. Yes. Good. Very little. Very little, but it's like, if you know the basics, uh-huh. you can kind of get from point A to point B. So I think yeah. that's... <laughs> and Taiwanese people are so friendly. Yeah. I mean, if you look lost, you know, they're, they're willing to, even though they don't speak English, they're willing to come up to you and get you. You know, give you help. Absolutely. I'll be starting a um, a series called Empathy Circles, and the Empathy Circles are a way to have kind of some semi-structured dialogue around theme topics. And so, with all of the anti-racism work that is happening right now, um, mm. it's been a good opportunity to kind of link in with some of the groups that are doing that here in Taipei. And so, we'll have uh, like an anti-racism empathy circle. Series series coming up and and where we'll actually explore some of our own um you know our own things around privilege and power exploring our own kind of place in this world and then of course moving into other concepts such as power and oppression and um and implicit bias and discrimination mm-hmm. things like that so um it's well, a, that sounds very new yeah it is new it's actually i don't i'm not sure i don't think anyone has done that here mm. but um it's something i started last year I only did one and I've been doing it in my classes and really at NTU NTU, and one of the uh, really the goal I guess original intention of the empathy circles is to build empathy Mm. and uh, it's something that I truly believe that we just need a lot more of in our in our society now especially with the polarization around so many different issues and so I feel like empathy can be a really nice bridge of of social connection and common and humanity and compassion and bringing people together um, and at the same time um, you know we practice these skills during the empathy circle on how you actually build empathy and so we we do paraphrasing we do active listening and mindful listening um, we share um, the way we share is indigestible you know chunks so that somebody can then repeat back to us what we've said oh, so wow. there's actually a structure to them uh-huh. and everyone gets a chance in the the circle to be a listener, be a sharer, and be an observer. Thank you. We need people like you. Oh, shishi. Shishi ni. Thank you so much. All right. Much. Thank you so much. Mala. Mala pika. Yeah. Pleasure to be here, Shirley. All right. Thanks. And uh, keep the energy going. Okay, well. All right. <laughs>
classic shorts, poems, and stories from Chinese literature. Hello and welcome to Classic Shorts. I'm Natalie So. Today we're going to hear some of the famous works of the late Tang Dynasty poet Li Sangying, who lived from 813 to 858. The Tang Dynasty was one of the pinnacles of Chinese civilization. For 200 years, it enjoyed immense influence culturally, politically, and economically in the world and many foreign traders came to pay tribute. But after the An-Lusan Rebellion in the mid-700s, the dynasty started a rapid decline. There was much famine and suffering in the land. Li Songying's works are reflective of those times. They are sensory, elusive, and melancholy. Today, we'll hear three of his works titled after nature. This poem is called Falling Petals. Gone is the guest from the chamber of rank and petals confused in my little garden, zigzagging down my crooked path. Escort like dancers, the setting sun. Oh, how can I bear to sweep them away? To a sad-eyed watcher, they never return. Heart's fragrance is spent with the ending of spring and nothing left but a tear-stained robe. This next poem from Li Sangying is called Wind and Rain. I ponder on the poem of the precious dagger. My road has wound through many years. Now yellow leaves are shaken with a gale. Yet piping and fiddling keep the blue houses merry. On the surface, I seem to be glad of new people, but doomed to leave old friends behind me. I cry out from my heart for Xingfen wine to melt away my thousand woes. Though these poems are expressions of sadness, 
I hope you enjoy how Lee is able to express his innermost feelings so beautifully. And I think that's kind of therapeutic <laughs> to be able to do so. Here's his next poem, looking to a common insect, a cicada, for inspiration. It's called a cicada, pure of heart and therefore hungry. All night long you have sung in vain. Oh, this final broken indrawn breath among the green and different trees. Yes, I've gone like a piece of driftwood. I've let my garden fill with weeds. I bless you for your true advice to live as pure a life as yours. The Tong poets left their legacies in words so that their emotions can be understood and experienced by generations following. Hope you enjoy the works of Li Sangying. We'll be hearing more from this late Tang Dynasty poet next week. Thanks for tuning in to Classic Shorts. I'm Natalie So. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. You're listening to News Playlist. We've queued up some of the most interesting reports for you, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Welcome to News Playlist. I'm Paula Chow, the program host. A summer camp organized by the Defense Ministry has always been a hit with students, and this year is no exception. In the eastern county of Hualien, a group of high school students is using guns for the first time. They are participants in a summer camp organized by the military. The guns used in this shooting training are real. These Taiwan-made T-91 assault rifles are the same weapons used by soldiers. The sessions at the annual camp are fewer this year than in the past, and the scope is smaller. But that hasn't stopped students from signing up for the shooting team. The training they receive includes shooting skills and positions, and most importantly, gun safety. 
because of the strict gun control laws in Taiwan. Most people grow up without ever touching or even seeing a gun. That's unless, of course, you are a member of Taiwan's armed forces or just taking part in a boot camp experience, like the one that's just begun. Taiwan's armed forces has opened a summer camp for young adults interested in getting a taste of military training. 100 out of the 700 who signed up were selected to take part and learn how the special forces train. Most participants are high school students getting ready to attend university. The kids are eager to learn how to use guns, take part in battle drills, and repel from the ceiling. Their training isn't entirely as strict as the real thing. At one point, the camp had trainers repel from the ceiling with cakes for this month's birthday girls. The girls say they were very excited to have their birthday celebrations kick off at the military camp. But that's not to say that the training isn't serious. Among the skills the camp teaches are wilderness survival skills, such as collecting water and drilling wood to start a fire. Special Forces Command hopes that camps like this one will bring more young people into the Special Forces in the coming years. The plan seems to be working. One high school student taking part says she plans to apply to military school and would one day like to be in the Army. Catherine Wei, RTI News. The newest addition to the Taipei Zoo's giant panda house is already a month old. The cub has come a long way since she was first born just a month ago. But zookeepers have even more exciting plans for her future. Taipei Zoo's baby panda is now a month old. The little cub earned the nickname Roro, which sounds like gentle or chubby in Chinese. Roro has come a long way since she was born. She's now an impressive 1,134 grams. The zoo says that Roro grew by 21 grams just six hours after being born. The next day, she grew by 28 grams in 10 hours. This might seem like an impressive growth spurt, but the zoo says it's normal for a baby panda. Zookeepers returned Roro to her mother for a few hours a day beginning on July 23rd. Roro is more in her element around good old mom. She drinks a bit of milk and then it's nap time for both mom and daughter. What's next for Roro? Well, it's time to give her an official name. Taipei Zoo says that people can vote on what Roro's actual name will be. There will be two rounds of voting, a preliminary round to narrow down the field, and then a final round to decide what the panda's actual name will be. Whatever her name may be, you can't deny that this baby panda is stupendously cute. Leslie Liao, RTI News. We can't stop talking about the new baby panda, but who can resist such sweet, fuzzy cuteness? Apparently, so many people feel the same way. They have already sent in their suggestions for what the panda cub should be named. Renzai made a big splash when she was born in 2013, and now her sister has also captivated the attention of many panda fans around Taiwan. She's finally out of the incubator and living with her mama, Yuan Yuan. While Ren Ren is slightly on the mature side for a panda mom, the Taipei Zoo said she is doing a good job caring for her secondborn. The zoo will also be holding a naming contest for the newborn, who is now dubbed Roro for her gentle personality. While Roro is very different from her rough and tumble older sister, can you tell the two apart? The one on the left is Ren Zai, and the one on the right is Roro. Anyone who has name ideas for Roro can send them to the Taipei Zoo. So far, the zoo said food-inspired names have been really popular. 
Popular contenders are yuren, or taro balls, a popular Taiwanese dessert, and tangren, the Mandarin version of older sister Renzai's name, which is also a dessert. If you have a good name for Roro, remember to go to the zoo's website to send it in before September 8th. The zoo will be picking out six of the most popular ones for people to vote on. Catherine May, RTI News. This is News Playlist, a weekly rundown of some of the most interesting news reports brought to you by RTI. Watch along on YouTube if you like, or close your eyes and enjoy these stories by way of sound. Did you know that over 120 species of frogs in the world have gone extinct since 1980? While some international organizations are working hard to stop other frog species from dying out, they have been unable to keep up with the rapid pace of deforestation and climate change that are wiping out both animals and their habitats. In Taiwan, there is a school with a different solution. The school calls it Operation Saving Froggy. The blue poison dart frog is quite a sight to behold, with its brilliant, speckled blue skin and quick movements. These little blue guys are native to Latin America, but now a few of them live in a special room at National Tsinghua University. Alongside them are some little golden dart frogs. These frogs are being cared for as a part of the university's new frog preservation project, a frog house that houses some 500 frogs from different species. The school is trying to breed them. The project is headed by Professor Li Jiawei and aims to help frog species on the brink of extinction recover and ensure that species native to Taiwan have offspring that can be released into the wild. Li says that 14 of Taiwan's 36 native frog species are found nowhere else. He says that he started this project because he wanted to save the nation's frogs from extinction. The frog preservation team takes his job very seriously, preparing fruit flies that cannot fly for the frogs to eat. The school will be building a second frog facility soon, and it also plans to release native frog tadpoles into the wild. Catherine Wei, RTI News. Taiwan has some of the most beautiful coral reefs in the region, but Taiwan's reefs are struggling to survive in the face of climate change. Experts say, however, that they may have an ally in a destructive force of nature. Taiwan justly calls itself the Coral Kingdom. That's because the waters off its southern coast are dotted with colorful reefs. But climate change has sent the temperature of seawater in the area rising to about 30 degrees Celsius, sickening and bleaching the corals. Bleaching is happening at a range of spots, from the tourist magnet of Kanding to the small island of Xiaoliuqiu off the southwest coast. Diving coaches say that coral is turning white in shallow and deep waters alike. The coaches also said that the range affected by bleaching has grown to be larger than ever before. A temporary solution may be typhoons. Experts say the storms can cool the water temperature and hopefully save the corals. Shirley Lin, RTI News. And that's all we have for this week's edition of News Playlist. For Radio Taiwan International, I'm Paula Chow. Bye-bye.
The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International from Taipei, Taiwan. We see a huge demand or increased demand on uh, advice, uh, services, uh, enabling of, of connections and open new doors and help to initiate new business here in, in Taiwan and also to be supportive for Taiwanese companies if they are active in, in Germany. Hello and welcome to this week's On The Line brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. The German trade office Taipei is the official delegation of German industry and commerce and a member of the worldwide network of German Chamber of Commerce abroad with offices at 130 locations in over 90 countries. The German trade office Taipei was established in 1981 and the chief representative and executive director Mr. Axel Lindbergh said his office is to promote bilateral trade between Taiwan and Germany. Mr. Axel Lindbergh said COVID-19 has impacted many business plans. German Chambers of Commerce Abroad or AHKs in German conducted a flash survey among its 140 locations in 90 countries from June 15th to 26th, 2020. The survey shows that German companies remain committed to Taiwan, and Mr. Axel Lindbergh said 90.5 of the participating companies consider travel restrictions as the greatest burden for business operations. To find out more, we're joined today by Mr. Axel Lindbergh, the Chief Representative and Executive Director of the German Trade Office, Taipei. I believe that a lot of people in Taiwan are a bit confused when it comes to German trade office and German Institute Taipei. Now, Axel, how different are these two offices, actually? Uh, it's uh, funny, quite simple. The German Institute, they are belonging to the Federal uh, Foreign Office, and uh, we are part of the German Chambers of, of Commerce and Industry and uh, reporting to, to the Ministry of Economic Affairs in an indi indirectly way or indirect way. I think the German Trade Office, the name itself is pretty self-explanatory. So what are your still main services? Um, our main services are the services we as, let's say, Chamber of Commerce offering worldwide. Uh, we are firstly a platform for the German companies. Uh, our main task is to promote German business uh, abroad in our host countries, uh, to ensure the networking of the companies, to bring them in interconnections with the local national companies here with, with the Taiwanese business. And uh, second pillar is uh, we offering commercial services for German companies coming here to Taiwan. Uh, we support them starting business here, doing business here in, in Taiwan. And of course, one of our main activities is also to support Taiwanese companies to start their investments and business in, 
in Germany because we are clearly focused on bilateral business and I'm personally convinced uh, we only have successful business if it's really a bilateral business uh, with business going in both directions. Uh, in both directions and you mentioned earlier to also attract Taiwanese investment in Germany. So what mm -hmm. kind of investment do you hope to attract to Germany from Taiwan? Um, I think we are mainly looking for, for investments, for industrial investments. Uh, we can see a lot of trade and sales offices in, in Germany, like the big Taiwanese brands, Asus, Acer, and also the customer brands, uh, for example, Mr. Brown Coffee or Giant. Uh, they are active in, in Germany. Uh, but our real focus is uh, to attract industrial investments, to uh, allocate and to get in the, uh, production facilities, uh, or R&D centers to, to Germany to, to make the ties between German and Taiwanese business much closer or closer as it is right now. Yeah, earlier I was going to ask you, actually, Mr. Brown Coffee, uh, I mean, uh, that's actually coffee-related, uh, but your main target is actually to attract more electronic consumer products from Taiwan. Uh, it's uh, electronic consumer products, uh, but Germany is also a huge market for, for machinery business uh, from Taiwan. We see also huge investments from Taiwan in Germany. For example, Hyvin or Fairfriend Group, they have huge production facilities in Germany. And uh, these are the investments we are looking for. And I would say the next big chance should be the big investment from Tesla close to Berlin. Uh, because I'm personally convinced there are a lot of Taiwanese companies which are active as supplier for, for Tesla. And it's a big chance for them and for Germany um, to locate them also in Germany with their production facilities. And very interesting to attract investment. Your office actually comes up with uh, many incentives. And one of the... Uh the effective ways that you mentioned to German-Taiwanese business communities through partnership package. What is partnership package really? Uh, the partnership packages we are offering, that's our platform or basis for long-term cooperation of mainly German companies with us, with our office. Um, because we are not a chamber, we are a delegation, and we are looking uh, in a different way to establish long-term partnerships with German companies to interconnect the companies with us and to interconnect the companies also with, with each other uh, to create a stable network of German companies here in, in Taiwan. And phase three, two will be uh, that we enlarge this network to Taiwanese companies to really establish and create a platform for bilateral business uh, with an exchange of infos, exchange of, of contacts. And we see ourselves as enabler for the business of, of the companies. Is this also a worldwide network, for example, like Taiwanese companies, if they want to branch out? Uh, to other uh, German companies in other parts of the world. Does this uh, partnership package also help? Uh, yes, it would help because uh, the partnership package established the contact to us as our office and we are closely connected to all of other, our other branches worldwide. The, the chamber is active in uh, 140 locations in 92 countries worldwide and this is a platform and basis how we can establish contacts and enable business and, bringing, and bring together also Taiwanese and German companies here. 
uh, with other companies in, in other locations worldwide. You're listening to Underline, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong, and today I'm speaking with the Chief Representative and Executive Director of the German Trade Office, Taipei, Mr. Axel Lindbergh. To attract trade partners, normally you hold uh, an exhibition. How many exhibitions do you hold every year? Um, I think the trade show business is an important part of our business. The last two years we had in Taiwan 13 shows with 100, close to 120 uh, participa participating companies. And in Germany we had 25 shows with 222 Taiwanese companies visiting the trade shows and being there as exhibitor. And of course to Germany we attract also uh, visitors of the trade shows. And what's the most important uh, exhibition that you have uh, towards the end of this year? Actually, it's July right now. Uh, trade fair business this year is uh, very challenging, um, but Taiwan opens its uh, trade fair shows, and in August we will have the, the automation show. There is a German pavilion with more than 10 exhibitors, with more than 10 German companies uh, showcasing their products, their technology. So it's a big chance to get in touch with the German companies there. And uh, in Germany, beginning of September, we have the IFA at Messe Berlin. Uh, we intend to organize also a Taiwanese activity there. Uh, we are in close contact, for example, with Most. They want to show up at uh, IFA Next. That's a part of the show for startups, for new technologies and innovations. Uh, but we are still struggling a little bit with the uh, travel restrictions. But we are very positive uh, that we can enable this visit uh, and to create the visibility for Taiwanese companies, Taiwan, um, also at the new concept of IFA this year. Mm -hmm. Axel, you mentioned earlier that this has been a very tough and challenging year. And how has COVID-19 or coronavirus actually impacted your whole plan for this year? Um, I think... Our commercial unit is, is hit like uh, each and any other uh, business unit here in Taiwan. A lot of our events uh, haven't been able. Uh, networking business, networking activities uh, have been also cancelled uh, at the beginning because of the situation here in Taiwan. Uh, at the moment, we are not certain whether it's really the right time to start up with huge uh, networking events, uh, also if it's possible and without any risk possible here in, in Taiwan, but the worldwide situation uh, is not in a mood to organize these kind of, of events. So from that perspective, we are also hit by, by the crisis. On the other side, um, we see a huge demand or increased demand on uh, advice, uh, services, enabling of, of connections and open new doors and, and help to, uh, to initiate new business here in, in Taiwan and also to be supportive for Taiwanese companies if they are active in, in Germany. One interesting thing is that German chambers of commerce have brought out in German uh, AHKs conducted a flash survey among uh, 140 locations in 92 countries from June 15th to 26th. And the survey shows that German companies remain committed to Taiwan. Can you tell us more about the survey? 
Yes, uh, we conduct uh, different types of surveys. We as a trade office here in Taipei, Taipei have one big survey per year. That's our business confidence survey where we get very detailed infos from the German companies about their business expectations, uh, challenges, chances. And our head offices in, in Germany, they conduct uh, also twice per year Uh, world Business Outlook surveys and uh, COVID-19 brought up a lot of flash surveys. Uh, what is the effect of COVID-19? And the result here we have presented is the result of such a flash survey, which was held for, for one week. And uh, also Taiwanese company or German companies in Taiwan participated uh, and gave us and uh, our headquarters a detailed picture of what is the situation here in, in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Travel restrictions uh, actually uh, have been quite uh, challenging. 90.5% uh, of the participating companies consider that travel restrictions as well as, uh, as the greatest burden for business operations. Uh, what impact do you think that it will have on the economy uh, in the near future, especially towards the end of this year or maybe early next year? Um, I think in general we, we expect a decrease of uh, business travel um, also on a long-term perspective and uh, this year I think the, the biggest challenge at the moment uh, are the quarantine regulations in Taiwan and also in, in Germany because a typical business trip takes two to five days and uh, if you're forced to, to start up start with a 14 days quarantine period in your let's say, destination, and when you're going back to your home country, uh, you're getting, again, 14 days of quarantine. Um, that's very challenging. And we see at the moment a specific time can be bridged by remote services, uh, online meetings. But uh, if we have to send out technicians or technical experts doing real work, uh, installation of machinery, uh, takeover of machinery, uh, that's not possible or very difficult in, in, in a remote setup. So there we see an increasing demands of exchange of, of people and also to start joint development projects. Uh, needs joint work and joint work means uh, to stay together, uh, to work together, uh, to develop new ideas. Um, so at the end, the first six months have been possible to bridge, but now we are coming under pressure. Yeah, the installations mm. and uh, joint effort and also cooperation, especially uh, later on, we're going to discuss about the wind energy mm. farms uh, and that takes a lot of efforts. Again, maybe this kind of impact will continue on until the year 2021 because 81% of the German uh, companies in the survey th th think that way. What do you think? I think the majority of companies uh, think that the, let's say, challenges from COVID-19 will stay till end of next year. Uh, Economic-wise, uh, it's a similar situation. Um, but personally, I think we cannot stay with the situation as it is right now with the strict travel restrict, uh, restrict, uh, restricted travel possibilities till end of the next year. We need a solution um, before end of the summer, I would say. And that was the first part of our interview with Mr. Axel Limber, the Chief Representative and Executive Director of the German Trade Office Taipei. And that's it for this week's Online, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.